Hello everyone and here we go again. Hopefully by now you know the drill that this multi-award winning podcast is all about online dating and everything connected with that, including of course sex. So you can expect some pretty frank talk about the subject, as well as, from time to time, some pretty colourful language. So please bear in mind that this podcast might not be for everyone. Hello to all of my lovely favourite people in the world, you beautiful AmFam gang. I have to admit to being a little bit nervous today. Just because of the story that I'm about to tell you, it's probably one of the most important ones to hear and learn from if you're online dating. And it's the story that in six years of dating, I'm the most mortified about. I wasn't even sure that I'd be able to share it with you because it affected me for a really long time. And to be honest with you, I'd just rather brush it under the carpet and forget about it. But you have to hear the bad as well as the good. You have to hear the embarrassing stories as well as the really hilarious fun stories. This has got elements of fun in it too and just is absolutely jaw-dropping, shocking and super, super embarrassing for me. But it wouldn't be the first time that I've been embarrassed and there's such a big lesson in it for everyone that I really just couldn't keep it to myself. So please keep listening and try not to judge me for being the fool that I was. But we do have some lighter moments coming up and some big laughs from one of our Twitter followers and Johnny is going to be giving us girls and whichever guys out there are interested... The definitive guide to giving the perfect blowjob. Here's a sneak peek of what's coming up. They'll <laughs> sacrifice like a good momentum and a good buildup of a blowjob to fucking do some dumb shit like lick the underbelly. Like, uh. <laughs> I was out for dinner with my friend and I got a text message from the guy that made my blood run cold. And the four-word text basically told me everything that I needed to know. I don't want to... I'm really forcing myself to do this right now because I don't feel like talking at all. I've been well and truly played. Oh, no, I sound so sad. Oh, dear. Welcome to Accidentally Milf online dating adventures after 50 with me angel bliss and my very special guest my very first tinder date and now my really good friend the inimitable johnny tooties also here in the studio tonight is producer freddie that's a big cheer and sound with richard who loves a bit of canned applause Thank you, Richard. Okay, all this began after my marriage broke up. I was living here in Los Angeles and I found my husband cheating. My friend Patricia signed me up on a dating site and I was absolutely gobsmacked at the array of drop-dead gorgeous men that I managed to match with. It just so happened that most of them were a good 20 years younger than me. Uh-oh. I had no idea that I'd accidentally become what is referred to in the world of porn as a MILF. Please look it up if you're confused about what the term means. I'm far too embarrassed to tell you. (laughs) I had no idea that one of the most commonly searched terms on porn sites is the word MILF. 
I firmly believe that the sexualisation of women over 40, even over 50, actually 60, 70 and 80. I mean, Martha Stewart was recently on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine wearing a swimsuit, looking fantastic. And I think the sexualisation of older women is the reason why I had such an array of drop-dead gorgeous suitors. Lucky me! So I just decided I'm going to do it. I'm going to meet some of them. Life's just too short to sit home knitting and wondering what might have been. I thought I'll meet a bunch of people whose paths I'd never normally cross. It'd be like a social experiment type of thing. And who knows, maybe I'll find my soulmate in the process. So that's what I did. I had some amazing experiences and I also made a lot of boo-boos, particularly the story that you're going to hear tonight. And I hope that the many, many mistakes that I made will be cautionary for the people who do decide to take the plunge. Let's just look at it like I'm doing you all a favour. I'm going on all these dates, making the mistakes, telling you all about them, making myself look really stupid so that you don't have to mess up like I did and you can just have a really good time. We will also have absolute pearls of wisdom and hilarious insight from the amazing Johnny Two Tees, who was my very first Tinder date, and he also happens to have a very generously proportioned penis. But if you listen to the first episode, you already know that. Anyway, he's not here because of his penis size. He's here because he's willing to share his massive experience of dating with you too. So we're hoping that you'll laugh along as well as learn a thing or two. Okay, so this guy, he was pretty good looking and seemed really interested in me. I'd been talking to him for about a year on and off and something told me right at the beginning that there was something cagey about him. And when he contacted me again, I kind of conveniently forgot that there'd been a red flag before and I just went along with it. And he said, I don't want to hook up, I'm not into hookups, I only want a relationship and you have to be ready for commitment with me and... He was a complete, like, really knew how to push the right buttons, how to say the right thing. He was about 16 years younger than me or something. Um, he said he had a record label and an organic food company. He owned two properties and had just sold a third one. So he seemed to be doing pretty well for himself. He seemed pretty intelligent and interesting, so I was quite excited at the prospect of meeting him. We were meeting in a bar in Santa Monica, and here's what I recorded on the way to the date. Hi, it's me again. I'm feeling a little bit sheepish. I'm taking a little bit of a risk or a leap of faith on this. Well, not a risk as in a safety risk, but a bit of a leap of faith. And I first matched with him 11 months ago on Tinder. But anyway, we matched again and um, I'm meeting him tonight. Um, he is, his attitude is very different to most guys. Um, he doesn't beat about the bush, he's not into dating, but he is into long-term relationships. He's looking for someone to have a long-term relationship with. But the main thing I'm kind of feeling a bit sheepish about is that he said to me that if he doesn't sleep with somebody on the first date, he usually completely loses interest. Um, and all his relationships have started. He won't open up until he's had until he has sex with somebody. So I shouldn't be meeting him really. Um, you know, in, in the conventional 
framework. Um, however, there's something about him. I kind of respect the honesty. I really respect the honesty. Um, and I think it's worth a meeting in a bar just to see. I think I'm gonna like him. I worry he's a narcissist. I'm sorry, I just have to interrupt here. Oh my goodness. I'm actually saying on the way to the date, I'm worried that he's a narcissist. I mean, please don't make the same mistakes that I'm making here. If you suspect that somebody's a narcissist, the chances are that they are a narcissist. And as for saying to me, oh, I can't open up with a woman until I've had sex with her. And me swallowing that, pardon the pun, um, <laughs> believing, <laughs> believing, that, <laughs> believing that that was like not highly manipulative. I mean, really, come on. <laughs> I, I'm wincing so horribly listening to this. Anyway, let's carry on. Giving him the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, obviously, I will report back and I'll talk to you later. Bye. So I went to the address that he'd given me and I was kind of nicely dressed up and it was a really horrible, scruffy, old man type bar in Santa Monica. So uh, this is what I recorded outside. It's me again. I don't know why I'm whispering. Um, I'm uh, outside this bar where we're meant to meet and I don't really like the look of it. And he's not in there. And I don't really want to go in on my own, so I'm wondering whether to sit in the car. I've texted him asking him where he is. Oh, hang on. The Brixton. Oh, good. Oh, good. Right. Oh, it's not the one that... It's not the old man's bar. Right, it's the nice one. I'm going to go to the nice one. He's just texting me now. Oh, dear. It looks quite nice. Oh, that's better. Right, I'm going to go in there um, and get a drink. That's better. Much better. I was going to run away. <laughs> OK, talk to you later. Bye. So he arrived... And from minute one, it was just, it was just amazing. We got on so well. We laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> it was just like one of those perfect first dates where you're really, really, really interested in each other. And it couldn't have been better, really. So as the bar was closing, we were the last to leave. And it was like, there's no way we're going to leave each other right now. So we drove to the beach and we sat on the beach on a really nice blanket and we literally talked and talked and talked until the sun started to rise I mean obviously there was a bit of snogging going on as well but um, it was like one of the most romantic nights of my life and he said all the right things he actually said to me I want to take care of you which just was like it was just such a lovely thing to hear and he said I've been looking for you, where have you been? And I know now, with hindsight, it sounds a bit cheesy, but in that moment, it was just like... I could almost hear the violins in the distance. It was so romantic and beautiful. And in that moment, I was so, so happy. So as the sun was rising, he looked into my eyes and he said, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> I'm laughing now because I, I realise it sounds really ridiculous, but in the in the moment, it just felt like 
oh my goodness, I've just been sent this man and this is going to be my next life partner. I really honestly, honestly thought that this was it. So then he suggested that we get a hotel. My kids were away with their friend at their friend's house overnight. Um, they weren't due back until the following day. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we got a hotel room by the sea. It was really, really romantic. And I slept with him because, because I thought this was going to be my future partner. And, um, and it was really amazing. He was really romantic. It was really loving. It was just like everything that you as a woman want that to be. Like the perfect scenario. So we stayed in the hotel for 24 hours of bliss. And uh, this is me on the way home the next day. I really think that my online dating days are over. Not because that was a disaster, but because that was one of the most amazing nights of my life. The guy is really special. I hope I haven't got it wrong. I don't think I have. He, apart from being gorgeous to look at, which obviously helps, um, he's just really nice. Spiritual, deep, honest, and he obviously found me really, really attractive and was totally into me. I have really high hopes, really high hopes for it to continue and like become a proper full-on relationship. I will report back. I'm not going to stop talking to you just because I found a boyfriend. God, I hope I'm not going to report back with something depressing. Ugh. I'm kind of prepared for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, I'm going to go. Speak to you later. Bye. It's really, really hard to listen back to that. I am wincing so horribly. Um, Less than 24 hours after I recorded that in the car going home, I was out for dinner with my friend and I got a text message from the guy that made my blood run cold. And the four-word text basically told me everything that I needed to know. You can hear in that that I was... I wanted to believe that everything was good, but you can sense the caution. And I think that deep inside, I knew that something was amiss. Okay, so I was in the restaurant with my friend and I remember saying to her, I met this guy and like, it, it's really, I think like this one's a proper mm. one. And this is, a, and I was in the middle and she was like, this is all a bit soon for you to be saying all this stuff. And then my phone beeped and I got a text from him. It said to me, I need your help. And at that moment, I just thought, oh, fuck. Here we go. Yeah. Call me, call me. I was like, I'm in a restaurant with my friend. I can't call you. Call me, call me. It's urgent. So I called him and uh, he said, I've just lost everything. I was like, what? In the last hour, you've just like, and I, I knew instinctively, I just knew that everything had been based on complete lies and the day after that he said oh, i have something to tell you and the thing that he had to tell me was that he was already in a relationship with somebody else i was devastated um and i'm gonna this is 
so embarrassing for me, but I'm going to play you what I recorded into my phone shortly after I heard that. I don't want to... I'm really forcing myself to do this right now because I don't feel like talking at all. I've been well and truly played. He couldn't be more of a narcissist if he tried his textbook, textbook, textbook narcissist. Um, all of that love stuff was a complete, a complete lie. Um, I mean, all the things that you want to hear as someone who's looking for a new partner, someone who's been hurt, everything I wanted to hear he said and the way he behaved was just, for 24 hours, was just lovely, really like a dream come true, really. So obviously what happened is he got in trouble for being out all night or something, they had a big fight, she kicked him out, which was when he texted me saying he needed help and then obviously he went back and by the time we spoke he decided he was with her. Um, but it's not as simple as that. The really sinister part of it is, he's, he, today he's sending me text messages saying he's still open to me. And then he's also saying what I wanted was a partner in life and in business. And I don't see that with you. Which screams to me he's looking for somebody who's got money. And because I wasn't going, oh, I'll invest in your business. Oh, I've got money for that. I've got money for that. I wasn't giving any of that. I think he's not interested. And I think the whole thing was he was hoping he could find a woman who had some money who would back him. And I looked like I might be a sap enough to do that. And he did a fantastic job of sucking me in and making me believe that there was a real connection between us. It's going to be a long time before I ever trust anyone again. And the way I feel right now, I said my online dating days are over. I, I can't put myself through this anymore. I'm done. Okay, I think it's safe to say that was not one of my happiest dating stories, but please have no fear. Obviously, I didn't stop dating there. But actually, more crucially, this was not the end of that story. So here's me again a couple of days after the previous recording. I've come to a few conclusions. I actually think that the most likely scenario is that he is probably in a relationship with somebody who he's using and he is probably not very happy and trying to find somebody else. Um, but he's obviously broke and so he wants to find somebody else who has money. And I think he was initially interested in me um, because maybe he found attractive the potential for me to have money that he could sponge from. And I think that he... The love bombing thing, I think, is, is a tactic just to get you hooked in. And he quickly tried to discover whether or not I had money. And I think the calling me and saying I've lost everything and I need help, 
was a way of testing me to see whether I'd say, what do you need, darling? What do you need? I'll come and get you. I'll send you money. I'll do... I think because I didn't react like that, um, he and he probably sussed out from other stuff I'd said that I didn't have any money to spare. Um, and then, so he decided to stay where he was. But then... He wanted to keep the door wedged open with me, so hence I've had... He called me twice yesterday, I didn't pick the phone up, and he sent me a text just saying good morning yesterday morning. So he's trying to keep the door open with me, and I think that's just in case I do happen to have some money or be able to do something that would trigger him to be able to have money in some way. Um, so... Um, do I think that that night was completely fake on his part? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I think there was maybe a modicum of... like We, we did get on, um, but I think from his end it was totally calculated. Um, which, that's... That's the worst part for me, is, is that I fell for... so easily for a load of rubbish... Um, but what he did, let's look on the bright side, what he did was, it made me realise that I can have those feelings. Um, it made me realise what it is that I want. I want to feel that, but obviously genuinely, mutually with somebody. And it's kind of given me a bit of hope. I know it's, it sounds counterintuitive, but it's actually given me a bit of hope that I can still find somebody at some point. And I know it isn't him, obviously, but showed me I'm capable of loving still and that I'm capable of believing that someone could love me. It's a bit of a blow to the ego, though, to realise it was fake. I'll struggle with that one for a while, I think. I live my life in a in a way that gives me really extreme experiences, and this is one of them, you know, good and bad. And it was good, there were good bits to it. I'm not saying it was all horrible, it was beautiful. Even if it was fake, I got to feel that for 24 hours, and that was nice. And I know that sounds really pathetic, but some people go through their whole lives and never feel that stuff. And who knows what's real, what isn't real? It was real in the moment, it was real for me. So, the kind of sad and ironic conclusion to this is I don't really regret it. There are aspects of it that I regret. I mean, what a story as well, what a story! And I don't think the story's over yet. It's not. I'm going to find more out. I am. Everybody's saying just ignore him, just block him, cut him off. But the journalist in me, the human being in me, I want to know. I want to know a little bit more before I completely cut him off. I want to really find out what made him tick. And I kind of feel I need to know that for my own satisfaction plus it'd be really interesting for everybody and it was such a significant a significant time for me I kind of feel like I really need to know in order to be able to move on Monday.
Well, it didn't take long before I got an opportunity to find out the truth. A couple of weeks later, he messaged me asking if we could talk. So what I did was really foolish. Please don't do what I did. But I did it because I just wanted to get inside this manipulator's head. And this particular message was also massively manipulative. She texted me and said, oh, can we talk? I feel I need, I owe you an explanation. Um, oh, and by the way, I have nowhere to stay for the next couple of days. I let him, I know, oh. this. I let him sleep on my sofa. No, I let him sleep on my sofa and I hung out with him for two days and I got to know all of the techniques that he used. He basically opened up to me and explained his whole modus operandum. Yeah, and it was it was quite sad in a way. Um, but I kind of, I, I don't know what possessed me to go that deep with it. I was just really fascinated at the whole, the whole process and his whole way of operating. And it was just really gnarly and really sick and sad. And what he told me blew my mind. The, oh, I'm already living with someone was just the tip of the iceberg. He was already living with one woman, it turned out. Had another woman in Santa Monica. Had absolutely nothing of his own, had no money, had no business, didn't even have a proper working car, been driving around in the car of one of his girlfriends, didn't have any business. And he was one of these men that literally just went from woman to woman to woman to woman, literally lived off, like as soon as one was like, he was lining the next one up. And I was kind of really fascinated by the whole thing. I mean, you really have to be sociopathic to operate in that way. I was just really grateful that as soon as I got that text, I realised what he was up to. If I'd said, oh, babe, what's wrong? I'll come and get you. Then he would have moved in with me and I would oh, have yeah. thought, yeah. It's like a human parasite, like a Absolutely. tick. <laughs> as I said before, I'm just grateful that I sussed him out as soon as I did when I got that text. But I just worry about who else he's scamming because obviously in the intervening years since I saw him last, he'll have moved through many more women, which is why I think it's really important that I tell this story and it's why I'm, why I'm subjecting myself to the embarrassment of it. Because uh, sadly, th there are a lot of men out there that operate like that. And women, especially women that are online dating, really need to know about the red flags and need to know that, that, that men do operate like that. They need to know about love bombing and they need to know that if somebody showers you with far too much love and attention and tells, tells you exactly what you want to know straight off the bat, it's a real red flag and you should run. Sometimes I get a little jealous when I hear about guys like this because I try to think of how lethal I could be if I was sociopathic. <laughs> like, what I get if I was willing to deceive and beguile women and tell them what they want to hear and really play it up because there are a lot of women out there, especially on these apps, who are desperately seeking the one or there's someone who they yeah. believe to be the one to stave off loneliness yeah. so if you are willing to play that role yeah. and do say all the right things yeah. there's you can suck the resources out of someone absolutely so, and he was quite he was quite um explicit about that he said i don't just want a life partner i want a partner in business i want a partner who will invest in me so he was literally spelling out that that was what he wanted and was looking for. That's another red flag to look for. If anybody that you date ever asks you for money or a loan or an investment or anything, absolutely run for the hills.
please, 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 please never give somebody that you've... Even somebody that you've been dating for a long time, if they ask you for money, it's the biggest red flag in the world. It was almost like, if you don't invest in me, it means you don't love me. It's like, if you're really in this, then we're in this together and, and you'll help me to achieve my dreams. And I, yeah, no, it's... And I was this close. I mean, I wasn't close to falling for it because the minute I got that text, I knew. But I could see how potent that is. Like, when you've had a taste of something like that, it's really addictive. Manipulative. Really, really. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Dreadful. I mean, that's why he's able to do it. But yeah. it's unethical and it's sleazy. I mean, he's a fucking sleazy. grift. He's a grifter. Yeah, really sleazy. I'm kind of self-admitted to be in that. And he was also like a, a self-confessed sex addict. He was like, yeah, all I do is I just want another woman. And when I'm, when I'm with a woman, I just go and have sex with other women and I never want to have sex with a woman that I'm with because that's boring and my whole drive I is... understand that. It's <laughs> <laughs> sounding a bit familiar. I understand that, yeah. It's, oh, I'm not... Yeah, but at least you're honest about it. You're not pulling I, the wool over I am, eyes. and that is the thing. I'm very openly single. I always say to people that you are the best of Tinder, but you're also the worst of mm -hmm. Tinder. The best of Tinder for anyone who wants to have a really nice time and be treated nicely and with integrity, but you're the worst of Tinder for a woman who wants to find a boyfriend because that's not but, where you're at. Right, but yeah. the way I see it is you shouldn't be co-opting Tinder. Tinder was invented for for hookups. Well, it might be my naivety, uh, but I really didn't know that Tinder was originally a hookup app. I mean, some people seem to think it is, but others say it's not. So... I don't know, it probably explained a thing or two, though. Was it bad for me? No, it wasn't. Did I learn a lot? Yeah, I learned loads. Well, with um, with a few of the women I've connected with on there who have been angling for a relationship, with me, they realize they're not going to get that. But they, you know, if we have good sex, they want to keep the good sex going. So it just becomes, hey, can we still fuck while I go and find the love of my life? And that to me is ideal. And I'm like, yeah, we can fuck and I'm not going to interfere with you finding Romeo. <laughs> Have you ever found, you, found yourself falling for someone at all and being let down by them? I mean, I've been in love twice, 19 to 24. I was with a girl and that was through college for the most part and a year after. And then I think like 25 to 26 when i about a year after i was in la you know i was with someone i loved her and that was very passionate and fiery but it's honestly i've been let down um i've developed crushes on people since then i've learned a lot about myself from those two relationships and a lot of people like to assume that because of how i am where i'm actively single that I've never experienced the joy of being with a partner. And on the contrary, I uh, I know what it's like, and I know what it's like to love someone, but have that boredom set in physically and to masturbate before they get home so you don't have to sleep with them, <laughs> even though you feel all the love in the world for them, but you just don't want to fuck them anymore. Why do you think that is? It's just, uh, what they, they call it the seven-year itch or whatever, but... Um, I mean, it doesn't take that long anymore, and especially not now with all the apps. Like, it's just, that window has been completely truncated. Do you think you're ever going to be capable of... I don't know. Do you want to... I don't know. Do you think you've spoiled it for yourself? I think it's 
just the way technology is right now but i'm not getting younger that's the thing so who knows like i all i know is right now i like being single because i'm kind of in a transition period of my life so i'm kind of more focused on me but i do like the freedom that comes with being single and i do like the thrill of meeting someone new do you wish that you could just be happy with one person i mean ideally i guess but i don't even think of it like that because to me i feel like i could be emotionally happy and fulfilled by one person but physically i feel like there would be a boredom that's set in and it's even when i go out you know it's i'm always eyeing everyone it's like a buffet but who knows like i'm still i i feel like i'm still in good years of my life and i'm still in shape and when that starts to fade who knows how i'll feel you know maybe i'll probably become lonelier i'll, I'll attract less people and, and have less prospects and then you know maybe your ideas of what things should be shift i mean i used to be very relationship oriented and very I want this person to like me and I like them. And, and now it's uh, living in LA changed a lot for me. And, and so. Do you find narcissism is rife? I think it's rife amongst males on the dating apps. Is it as rife, do you think, amongst females? Yeah, I mean, if especially if she's really attractive. You don't know these people that you're meeting. They can tell you anything. You have to assume that they're lying. You know, I've had. Think items disappear from my apartment after having guests over. I hide everything now. I hide my valuables if I have someone over now. What is your message to women who actually are looking for a boyfriend? How do you find a boyfriend in this day and age? You don't force it. All you have to do is just be cool. The guy doesn't text you back. Don't freak out. Don't blow up his phone. Don't start thinking crazy thoughts. Don't guilt trip him. One thing I hate is when I receive an ultimatum from someone who's like otherwise cool or who I thought was cool. So that's advice if you want to keep hooking up with someone. What I'm asking you really is the women that really want to find an actual boyfriend, mm -hmm. where should they be looking? Don't be looking on Bumble. Don't be looking on Tinder. If Unless you're willing to meet someone and just see where it goes, fine. The relationships I've been in, that actually go somewhere, it's, you don't even realize they're happening until they've already happened. I think what women need to do is they need to just go with the flow, roll with things as they come and let, let things unfold naturally. Okay, what about sex on the first date? It's great. <laughs> awesome. The thing is a lot of girls try not to have sex on the first date because they think that uh, they'll be given a guy what he wants and then he won't call him again. And that may be the case with some guys, but usually if a guy doesn't call you again or, or text you again after you fuck him on the first date, like even if you waited till the third date or the fourth date, he was not gonna text you after sex anyway. So if you want to uh, drag that out and, and push the inevitable across three dates for this like, illusion of oh hey things might be gone somewhere that's on you but like i said it comes down to living organically and letting things unfold okay wise words there from johnny live organically and let things unfold 
And if you want to sleep with someone on the first date, Johnny's saying, just do it. I'm not so sure. I think there's merit in holding things back for a little bit. But you know what? Each to their own. Okay, coming up very, very soon is Johnny's definitive guide to giving the perfect blowjob. But first, I asked you to send in your stories and oh my goodness gracious me, we've got so many brilliant ones. Here's one from one of our listeners. His name is Nate Ben and he's a teacher and a comedian from Birmingham in the UK. Have a listen to this story. I'm a science teacher and I was teaching a year 10 class about air resistance. And I said to them, you jump out of a plane and there's a force that slows you down. And what I was doing, I was gesticulating, trying to get air resistance out of them. It must have looked like I was thrusting because one of the girls in the back goes, sir probably gets a load of practice doing that. I laughed it off. That was fine. And this cheeky fucker in the back called John said, sir's probably lucky enough if he gets laid. I said, sorry, what was that, John? He goes, I said, you're lucky enough if you get laid. I don't know what came over me. This is not in the teaching handbook. But the first thing I said to him was, that's not what your mum said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like holding my face like, oh, I'm so sorry, John. I met his mum in the November, like a couple of months later. He was just laughing and I was just like, John, shush, don't, 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 don't say a word. But please get my boxes back. And yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> he, he, he got a B grade and his mum got the D. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so, Johnny, when girls come over, I'm sure that one of the things in their repertoire um, is giving you a blowjob, and you, you said something before that made me really laugh about uh, women not knowing how to do them, so give us some tips. Girls try to emulate what they see in porno. They try to act like starlets sometimes, or, or they don't realise, like, a good blowjob, it's not difficult, you follow through with the hand and you remain consistent you just go up and down and keep it wet and just keep doing that but the girls who, who end up giving bad jobs they they're like oh well i saw mia khalifa or whoever you know suck dick like this so i'm gonna try to suck dick like that so i've had a soft dick before and they're like sucking it and they're trying to do like the choking motion like even hard like you're what are you fake choking on my soft dick right now what are you doing <laughs> And then they'll do the, and and but they'll spit like every like four. They, they end up spitting too much because they think it's hot. And I'm like, well, it serves a purpose. Now you're just doing it for for show. And once I identify that they're doing it for theatric, I just get turned off. But a lot of them like like painting the tree with their tongue. So it's like they'll sacrifice like a good momentum and a good buildup of a blowjob to fucking do some dumb shit like lick the underbelly like uh, and then they'll follow it up with the spit and I'll go back to that but the blowjob it's consistency so it's almost like in a video game if you're building up your power meter to perform your special move where in this case it's a massive cump shot and you take a hit and then the power meter goes back down and then it's got to build back up so the power meter goes back down when they sacrifice the, the consistency and the sensation that they build up to do some performative bullshit like lick the bass you know? it's all it takes for a good blowjob is just consistency and, and 
keep at it. Like the top part, girls, the top part's the only part that fucking matters. And we're not filming a porno. At least, well, sometimes maybe we're filming something, but <laughs> if we're not filming, you don't need to act like, you know, you got uh, vivid pictures on the other line. Vivid pictures, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone who's listening to this now, no excuse now. It's not, it's, don't try to put on a show. Just try to have a good time. So don't put on a show and have a good time. And girls and boys, it's all about the tip. I actually really like that advice. It kind of takes the pressure off us a bit, doesn't it? But I wonder what you guys out there are thinking. Do you agree with Johnny? Let us know. Go to our website, send us a message at accidentallymilf.com or you can find me on Twitter and Johnny Tooties on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. So before we go, a quick recap of three tips that we've learned in this episode. Number one, if someone you're dating asks you for money or a loan or to invest in them or invest in their business, run for the hills. Number two, if someone showers you with too much love and attention and everything's just so perfect straight away, it's a real red flag that you're being love bombed and are very possibly dealing with a narcissist. Number three, when you're giving a blowjob, it's all about the tip. Okay, so coming up next week, the story of a... <laughs> Why are you laughing? Richard's giggling. Coming, coming up next week, the story of the date that I went on with a gorgeous skater boy from Ecuador. But sadly, a slight mishap and an embarrassing misunderstanding left me horribly humiliated. Oh, I'm just wincing thinking about it. Oh. Anyway, also, Johnny will be telling us about what happened when he matched with a goth girl who loved the underworld. And lots, lots more. Here's a sneakety peek. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. The way I fell, my ankle was kind of tucked behind me and I couldn't get up. I felt like an old woman that had tumbled over on a Zimmer frame. It was so humiliating. With you in the middle sticking. Fucking makeup and skirts and shit and <laughs> everything. And the doorman had like giant facial piercing and his contacts like he was undead and <laughs> so I got this undead guy asking me to pay a $10 cover charge he's like eyeing me up and down and I could tell he wants to deny me entry but little did I know <laughs> I was about to get a second blow to my dignity that day at the skate park Okay, if you've enjoyed this, then please give us a nice review. Subscribe and tell all your friends about us. We really want to build a fun and supportive community. Join in the fun on our Facebook page and visit our website for lots of info and goodies. Okay, all I need to do now is say thank you to Richard, thank you to Freddie, thank you to our listener Nate Ben for his fab story, and of course to Johnny. But most of all, thank you to you for listening. We hope we've made you smile and we love having you as part of our Accidentally Milf family. That's the Am Fam. Hey, yes. So stay safe out there, especially if you're online dating. Lots and lots of love to you all. Well,
This podcast was brought to you by the fab team at Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith and Jeff Tetro. Music is by Epidemic Sound and the theme music is by Ten Towers. Studio producer was Freddie Chopper. Studio engineer is the lovely Richard Venti. Consulting producer is Phil Parsons. Executive producers are Angela Smith and M. Jacoby. And I'm your host, Angel Bliss, with special guest Johnny Two Ts. Listening Productions. <laughs>